0: Hello, hello, and welcome to a special in death episode of Power Up and Game. I'm your host, Michael, and joining me as always is my main man, Taylor. Taylor, how you doing, buddy?
1: Man, I am doing wonderful. <laughs> I am ready. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Go ahead, Taylor, go ahead. Well, the reason Michael's laughing is because <laughs> this is not our first attempt to record this episode. This is not our second attempt to record this episode. This is attempt number three. So
0: (laughs) he has asked me how I'm doing
1: (laughs) three times within the last 24 hours. And we have talked about Starfield to each other a few times, but we're going to get our full thoughts out today. I'm excited to get into this episode because I think both you and I, like, we kind of, I think we both get how we feel about the game. Yeah. We've talked about that. But in terms of getting into the weeds, I feel like we can get into a lot more, you know. So I'm really excited to get into that.
0: Uh, So let's just get right down to the nitty gritty. Taylor, we've been excited about this game for a while. Uh, I think it's time for me to apologize to Starfield fans, uh, to say my bad to Todd Howard and to Phil Spencer and everybody at Bethesda, because I was not generally hyped for this game at first. Um, I was hyped for Redfall, and we all know how that went. But after the Starfield Direct, I started getting excited about it. You started to get excited about it. Like, it they finally started showing the stuff that we wanted to see. It's like, oh my goodness, this is more than just Fallout in space. This is an actual new, a new thing, not just a new IP for Bethesda. Uh, so going in, you know, you and I were both hesitant, and then we became excited. So how do you feel now about uh, Starfield since you got a chance to play it?
1: Yeah, you and I were both pretty hesitant on this game, especially before the, what was it, the Starfield Direct back the Starfield in June? Direct, yeah. And I think a lot of people were. That Starfield Direct was the turning point for this game in terms of hype. And before the game came out, what, about a week before the game came out, maybe two weeks, we started to see the hype climb. Like, it was going crazy. And post-release, I gotta admit, we're not gonna really talk about all the reviews and all sorts of stuff, but I'm kind of surprised that for the most part, Starfield reviewed very well. Uh, Granted, there was a few sites out there that were giving it like like a 5 out of 10 or the equivalent of that. I think IGN gave it a 7 out of 10, but other than a few places... This was like an 8 out of 10, 9 out of 10, and I think I've seen a few 5 out of 5s. I think VGC gave it a 5 out of 5. So, I'm very surprised and pleasantly surprised uh, that Starfield reviewed so highly. But, uh, talk about the reception around the game, because I find it interesting, too. This game is kind of all over the place. While really I think it's divisive. mostly positive... And I would say it veers more towards like mostly very positive. It's not the clear cut. Oh man, this is a this is easy game of the year that Tears of the Kingdom was, or Baldur's Gate 3 was for people. And even going back to the 2018 games that I consider to be the one of the best years, if not the best year in gaming history, with the releases of Marvel Spider-Man, God of War, and Red Dead Redemption 2 which all three of those were like top tier. Everybody was just like, man, these are game of the year quality games. With Starfield, it's, like I said, mostly positive it seems to be, but there are some legitimate concerns and legitimate issues that people think, yeah, this is what holds the game back, and why, I just to use an example here, a place like IGN, I think, gave it a 7 out of 10, I could see somebody giving this game a 7 out of 10. For me personally, I'm going to get into my thoughts. This game's phenomenal. It's, for me, it's way higher than a 7 out of 10.
0: Well, you know, uh, you, you know, we, we keep teasing about uh, the way you think about this game. You, we talked about the score before. I don't think we have to keep it much of a secret because you're going to praise, well, not the daylight, but you're really going to be praising mostly for this game. Uh, so I think we just go ahead and tell people how we think about it because I think it's a 7 out of 10. And I mm-hmm. will explain why I uh, reached that score. Uh, so, yeah, i am been there with IGN where, yeah, it's it's not it's not a bad game. Like like you said, there are parts where you, you would like to see the improvements.
1: For complete clarity, I do want to say we had this conversation before of, like, what we, we were yeah, in we this did. game. And <laughs> take two of this podcast. Yeah. And you were saying, uh, I don't mean to put words in your mouth, but just to get the full context here. Uh, you said it's a 7 out of 10 game. That you think by the end could probably be an eight out of ten.
0: Yes, and that's what and that's what I, I was I was getting to. Um, I just a quick disclaimer: as we record this, like 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 you said, this game is massive. There's a lot to do, and uh, I have yet to finish my first playthrough, uh, and I'm still unwrapping the mysteries of the of the story. So while while right now it's a seven out of ten, I think from the way if things keep going, the way it's progressing. This could easily be an 8 out of 10 for me. Uh, but yeah, I can definitely see why someone would give it a 7 uh, or 7.5 out of 10 or a 3 out of 5. Uh, I could totally see it. So I know a lot of people are like, oh, it, it deserves better than that. It's like, well, I mean, like you said, compared to other game of the year contenders, plus, you know, uh, being a Bethesda game and all that, Like, there's a lot that you took into consideration with these kind of things. Uh, but yeah, I could definitely see this being a 7 out of 10. But uh what about you, Taylor? What, what 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 were you going on about uh, your idea with the game?
1: Your rating for the game I find very interesting because it's kind of how I feel about the game. Not in terms of the score, but you were like, yeah, it's good, but it's getting better and better as I play. And that's exactly how I felt with it. I was like, man, this game is really good. And then about 8, 10 hours in, this game fully clicks with me. I'm I've now I understand a lot of the mechanics, the ship customization, the factions, you're starting to get the lore, you're starting to get a better understanding of the characters within the game too. And everything just it gets better and better. You get more skills, you're able to slide in combat, you're able to be a little bit better when you're uh in ship combat. You're able to specifically select certain parts of ships you're fighting. It's all sorts of very interesting things like that in the skill trees and learning the game. That I think this is a game, and I, I'm so glad you were also. That's why I brought it up earlier. Like it, it was growing on you because I feel like this is a game that grows on you. That yeah. I don't think a game like and granted to be fair, I haven't played Tears of the Kingdom, but I played Breath of the Wild, and I feel like it is similar. And I don't think Breath of the Wild. And just to use another game of the year contender here, I don't think that grows on you.
0: Yeah, I agree on that one. Uh, I like I I, I enjoy Breath of the Wild. Like I loved yeah, it. Uh,
1: no, that's it's not a complaint. Need, I need to no, be no, am no, no. Yeah, so saying. It's just a yeah, game that no. once you play, you immediately are like. Oh fuck! It clicks yeah. And like that's yeah,
0: yeah. Like, yeah. This this is it. God of War uh, 2018,
1: Marvel Spider Man, Marvel Spider Man. I, I think that's the best example. That's a game from the jump. When you're swinging around a Spider Man, you're immediately like, "Oh yeah, this is a game for me." <laughs>
0: yeah. <laughs> and with Starfield,
1: it doesn't. It. it I don't want to say it doesn't, because some people, including myself, I was like, "Yeah, this is really good." But I think for some people, it might not click early on.
0: And you know what? It's not because it didn't click with me early on.
1: Yeah. Um, And it's going to take those few hours. But once it does, it's going to be just like a revelation in your mind to be like, damn, I love this game now.
0: (laughs) Yeah. And we're going to get into when we get into our deep dives about the mechanics and some of the stuff we did and didn't like. uh, I think my seven out of 10 currently uh, would make more sense because I've had some big issues uh, with certain things or certain things that you actually enjoy that took me a minute to get to. And. And, and, you know, I think that's one of the uh, detriments for the game is that it does not click fast enough for some people. Because some people, they like slow burns. So like, there's nothing wrong with that. Like, Starfield is the kind of game that continuously introduces stuff.
1: Yeah. This is the most interesting game of the year contender, I think, that's come out in years.
0: I mean, is it, though?
1: I say interesting as in it's not a surefire winner. But if it won at the end of the year, I would not be surprised. I would. You be would? I, I,
0: yeah. I, 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 this, this, 2023 has been a good year for me Oh, it's games. been a really like, good year. It's, yeah, it's been a great year.
1: So, in terms of my general thoughts, and that way we can just go ahead and get into this dang thing here. Uh, I didn't give my rating. I'd give this a 9 out of 10. And granted, this is me over a day in play time. So, this isn't like Michael. He's nearing the end of the main quest. And he's still... This is more so my final score, I would say. a 9 out of 10. I haven't played New Game Plus. Maybe it hits that 10 out of 10 when I play New Game Plus. Because I've heard very good things about it. But, man, there's so much to like about this game. It feels... Like, on the last episode, I said... And you said this was a weird answer. You asked me... What are your personal expectations for Starfield? And my answer was, I want Bethesda to get their mojo back. That's the feeling I want. And I feel like they got it. The personality that I think was missing from Fallout 4, it's in Starfield. The interesting lore in the characters, it's in Starfield. The level of passion that I see in Fallout 3 and Skyrim and what people love so much about those franchises, you feel it in Starfield. And regardless if you love this game or it just didn't click for you, I don't think you can sit there and be like, yeah, Bethesda didn't give it their all. Because it's very clear to me that Bethesda poured every bit of passion they could into this game.
0: Yeah, no, they came out swinging with this one. Uh is as if they heard all the complaints for 4 and especially 76 was like all right well you know what uh we're we're really going to double down on this especially since this is what their first new IP um you know when you do when you bring in a new IP even if you're a legendary studio like that's still a big risk uh because you cuz you don't have all those familiarities uh from the world of Fallout and whatnot to fall back on to guarantee people would uh, would buy it like you really have to come out swinging. It's like, yeah, this is completely different. It's not like the other games we've made. Uh, we're putting passion into this because we you know we have this cool creative idea. And I think they pulled it off. And I'm actually really happy <laughs> this worked out for them because creating a new IP is always scary. Uh, so they've done. I think they've done a great job. And yeah, I agree with you. They definitely got the uh, mojo, the Bethesda mojo, in this one.
1: Not only that, you got to look at the other two. Juggernauts, the Titans that they have in terms of franchises here. You have the Elder Scrolls and Fallout. It feels like Starfield is now alongside those other two franchises. Like, alright, Bethesda's got a big three now. We got a Miami Heat of IPs over here for Bethesda games. And I'm very pumped for it. I'm, like, I do feel like this franchise has so much potential in the future. And it's so interesting. For somebody who never played the early Elder Scrolls or the early Fallout's, it's very interesting to play the beginning of a new Bethesda game franchise. Yeah, and not only that, like we're always used to getting in to these lived-in worlds, which Starfield's also a lived-in world. Like there was a war twenty years before the events of the game, I think. There's all these factions. Some people don't like other people. It's all. It's all there, all the Bethesda stuff you know and love, but there's also stuff like when you play a Fallout game and you see a Super Mutant, you understand the lore of the Super Mutant, right? Yeah. With Starfield, you're learning all this for the first time. So I find it very interesting that like, oh man, I finally get to experience what I think people who played Fallout 1 and 2 experienced with it.
0: Yeah, that that big mercy of what the heck is this thing. Yeah, or like how I
1: felt years ago playing Fallout 3. Or Skyrim, for that matter, because that was my introduction to the Elder Scrolls with Skyrim. So it it gave me that feeling of playing Fallout 3 and Skyrim because I was just like, man, what is this? Okay, what's the lore behind this? Oh, this group seems really cool. Oh, no, they're the bad guys. (laughs) It's pretty clear they're the bad guys. I don't want to be a bad guy in this build, so... Uh, Well, speaking of the build, let's get into this thing, because I think one of the best parts about Starfield, Michael, is this is one of the best RPGs in the sense of they let you make your character how you want to make your character, and they send you off and push you out the door and say, alright, here's your missions, do what the fuck you want to do, it is up to you. Yeah, to a certain point. Yeah, to a certain point. That's why I was like, it's it's a little limited in some areas. But, so it's not a well, completely no, I, open sandbox. But yeah, no. What I'm saying, what I'm
0: saying with that is, uh, the whole <laughs> things that people have figured out is like, yeah, you want to do the main missions first, and then do the side missions, and like the new game plus. But nobody wants to spoil why. And it's just like, gosh darn it! Uh, because for me, one of the things I love about Bethesda games are the side missions Uh, i usually find the side missions to be way more fun and interesting than the main mission and so i don't get to do uh the thing i usually do with bethesda games and just run off and lose myself to the side stories and the missions and the characters uh and forget that i'm supposed to be doing the main mission Uh, so like that 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 was one of those things i was like gosh darn it why they do this to me There's some give and and take with that,
1: right? There's a devil's advocate argument to be made that, yeah, you don't have to do New Game Plus, and you don't have to do the main missions, and we're not going to get into full spoilers, but there's a reason why people are recommending doing some of the early missions first, up into the, uh, what is it, the Into the Unknown mission, I think is what it's called. It's for a reason, and I get that, but I don't feel like it's also. A detriment? Yeah, I don't feel like it's a detriment to play up to that and then just go play the side missions, do what you want to do. Or just do the oh. side missions and then play the main. Like, the way I played was I did a lot of side missions and then I got to the Into the Unknown mission. And that, like, play wise, felt perfectly fine. So I think there's an argument to be made that way. And I'm somebody who, granted, I'm in this game for the long haul. Yeah. I know what I'm getting into here.
0: But yeah, for, for 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 me I already know I'm going to do the new game plus. Yeah. Uh so I was like, okay, well if it benefits me anyway, I guess I'll do the main missions. Uh but uh, yeah, people keep saying like, "Oh no, there's a point to it," but they won't say cuz they don't want to spoil it and I don't want them to spoil it. So I'm just like, gosh, darn it. So I so yeah, I'm at a I'm stuck, man.
1: So I think that depends on who you are individually. Like if you're fully into this game and you're like, yeah, I'm going to play new game plus, and I'm not really concerned about wasting time, yeah, play the game how you want to play the game, and then play New Game Plus. Okay. But if you're somebody who is like, yeah, I kind of like this game, but it's not fully clicking for me, maybe play like play how you want, of course. Not saying, because I feel like that's going to like hinder how you feel about the game, too. If you got people telling you how to play an RPG game. (laughs) (laughs) But if you are somebody who's like, I want to experience New Game Plus, but I'm not loving this game. Yeah, maybe do the main missions and then hold off on those side missions for the second playthrough on New Game Plus. But again, for somebody like me who's in this game for the long haul, I'm going to try to do everything with this playthrough and then do it all again in New Game Plus. Maybe I might make some different choices. Who knows? That's what I I find very interesting about it too. Uh, But how do you feel about the choices you can make in Starfield? You can be a pirate. You could be this. uh, There's all you. I don't want to go into everything here, but there's certain factions you can join. There's so many side quests. Just like a any kind. Like this is Bethesda game through and through. Okay. Yeah, yeah. For better or worse, yeah, this is a Bethesda game through and through. So there's all sorts of wacky side quests. There's all sorts of weapons to pick up. Uh, how do you feel about the RPG elements of this game?
0: Uh, it worked well. Um, some of the perks, I wasn't sure how they would actually affect things. And I just thought it was like, like small things. But uh, it, the choice you make from the very beginning uh, when you do your character creation... It sets things in motion. Uh, I had one buddy who chose that his parents were alive, and in one mission, his parents just like pops up in a in, in a place that was unexpected. And I was like, "Wait, what is, And I and I was like, "Wait, you have parents?" He's like, "Yeah, my, I have parents. My parents are alive." I was like, "Hell, bro! I don't even know if my character has parents because I didn't pick that perk." and at a certain point you have to give up certain things uh, cuz there's a perk where yeah you could you could you could be friends with this with this uh faction or religion but if you do then you become enemies or become inaccessible to this faction or religion so right off the bat like your choices have consequences they have it, like they they have choice and matters like oh wow this is really cool i myself i went the diplomatic route uh so you know i already knew i was going to use the dialogue tree to my full advantage But yeah, I I, I love the way they handle that.
1: Yeah, to add on to some of what you were saying, I played the game first as a space scoundrel. And I found myself... I didn't feel like I was wasting my build, but I was just like, I think I could do this better. I kind of want to... I didn't have the parent trait, but I kept seeing stuff on Reddit as some funny interactions and how it sounded really cool. So I really wanted that trait. So I ended up restarting my character. I took the professor background. I did the uh, parent trait. I think it's called kid stuff. And then... It's just... I don't know why. I just find myself just like chuckling a bit. At some interactions you have. (laughs) It's just... Because I... I Also, I think it's because you know... Like, oh yeah, it's because I had this trait. I just played... Through another playthrough to where these characters didn't exist. So it's kind of cool that, like you were just saying, those choices matter. And it's not like they are with you, they're on your crew or something. But it's just interesting that some people don't have that experience to have an activity come up and be like, hey, go visit your parents. What the hell's wrong with you? And not only <laughs> that, like some of your income will go to your parents. You can have a trait to where. You have this luxurious dream house, but you have a crazy mortgage that you had to pay off.
0: Yeah, it's like it's, I, and I was like, "Why? Why is this a thing?" But I wasn't brave enough to uh, choose them. So. Oh, I was
1: not either. I was like, "Man, that's too much like real life to me." <laughs> yeah, but I was like, "I don't, I don't know how to get credits
0: yet." Once I figure out how the credit system works, I might, I might try that on my third or fourth playthrough.
1: With the traits, like you were saying you could be a native to the free star collective to the uc the united colonies which are two previously warring factions that are at the beginning of the game seemingly just like finally mellowing out a bit and there's all sorts of different things you can do throughout the game like there's a big faction quest i think for each one of them um In terms of the backgrounds, I find them to be a little less important than the traits. Oh, one last trait that I find very interesting—the wanted trait. I think this Uh, one gives you yeah, like bounty hunters will come after you every now and then, and you have to fight them off. You could bribe them, stuff like that. But whenever your health light dips below, I think twenty five percent, you deal more damage. So it's cool stuff like that. It's not all just like, oh, you have more characters to interact with, or it's just with your background. It also has to do with gameplay. Like, there's one that is, hey, you never really got comfortable in space, so you don't do well out there. Which is really strange. Yeah. And then there's (laughs) one the other way around. Like, There's some very interesting traits to go with. And the backgrounds, while it's not as gameplay-specific, I think, because eventually you can get all the skills that you want. That's not necessarily the issue. So whatever three traits or three skills you start with from your background, it doesn't fully matter, I think, in the end. It's more so with the build you want to be, like the character you want to be. So if you want to be, for you said you were a diplomat, I was a professor, formerly a space scoundrel, <laughs> but now a professor, so I'm kind of going with this Indiana Jones feeling character here look, um, look at that
0: you turned your life around.
1: I turned my life around you're right, <laughs> and there's all sorts of really cool backgrounds, like there's one that's i think just like you're a trucker, <laughs> you're a space trucker <laughs> yes like, because man, you, can, cool. you can
0: you can do like uh, you can, uh you can carry stuff on your ship uh yeah. contraband and whatnot and
1: There's so much to do in this game, and that's, like, you were kind of surprised when I was talking about this being a Game of the Year contender, and I'm curious that, we'll get into that later, but I feel like because there's just so much to do, and how fun, certain aspects especially, like, if you're not into the space combat alone, maybe you love the actual gunplay. If you don't love the gunplay, maybe you love the space combat and ship customization. Maybe you're into smuggling items and getting paid that way. There's just so much you can do. There's the, I've even messed with Outposts. I'm a day into um, the game. like I, I have not even fucked with the Outposts yet. I've
0: tried. I've tried Outposts.
1: I, yeah, the reason why is because I know it's a whole thing. It's a whole thing <laughs> that i got to get into, and my brain is just like, all right, you just figured out ship customization. You don't want to get into this game. <laughs> <yet. laughs> so that's for another day. So it's just there's so much to do in this game, man. And I'm, I felt like we just got on a tangent.
0: I mean, well, that's the thing. Like you said, there's there's so much to do yeah. that you can. And and they, they all flow together so well. Yeah, that, like, that's the thing, too. It's a too. system that just works.
1: There's... Don't, don't say it just I'm sorry, I was going to say it like, just like
0: Todd. Sorry. <laughs> it just works. Look, uh, I, I said Todd. this in our
1: take too. okay? I saw this article. I forgot where I was from. I should have looked it up between yesterday and today. I had the chance. But I saw this article that the headline was Todd Howard is the gaming industry is Christopher Nolan. And I understand where they're going with that headline. I feel like Christopher Nolan... If we we're comparing like hits and misses, Nolan's got far more hits than misses than Todd Howard. It just is what it is. But I get where they're coming from, because when you go to watch a Christopher Nolan movie, most recently with Oppenheimer, you know what you're getting, right? Even with something like the Batman trilogy, there's certain tropes, there's certain aspects to a Christopher Nolan movie that you aren't getting with other filmmakers, and I think that's the same thing with a Todd Howard produced game. It, it's the same thing. Like there's some things just in these Bethesda games you don't typically get anywhere else. And the only developer I think that gets relatively close, sometimes surpasses, but relatively close is Obsidian.
0: Insomniac.
1: Oh, uh, I was going. No, Obsidian because of New Vegas and Outer Worlds. And Insomniac um, okay. does a yeah, lot of yeah. different things out there these days, especially, so.
0: See, kiss is that when you try to finish each other's sentences?
1: <laughs> but to get off of this Todd Howard, Christopher Nolan tangent here, it's what we were talking about, though, man, this game runs so smoothly with the backgrounds and all the dialogue choices. It just feels like whenever you make your character and go out into the world, you're playing how you want to play.
0: Yeah, all these systems, it could have easily been a mess. Like, yeah. A lesser game would have would have fumbled a few, if not half, of the mechanics that uh, Starfield has managed to put into the game and actually get working to the point to where you can't imagine a game without certain systems. And it's like, man, I can't imagine a game without being able to set up outposts, even though they are like they're so optional that you don't have to touch them. Like 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 you did. Like you don't have to worry about them. The game doesn't punish you for it. Uh, but if you do. Use outposts and stuff. You get rewarded. It's like okay, you learned a new you learned a new system. Here's your reward. You don't learn a system. Don't worry. It's not a big deal. It's not going to stop you from enjoying the game. It's not going to stop your progress from, uh, from the main story, even the side quests. You can go out and it, you can go out and still have fun. It's like cool. That's awesome. Uh, but yeah, I'm I'm interested in learning more about the uh, outposts about you because you and I have different like, different feelings for the ship building.
1: <laughs> yeah, uh, with I just thought about everything running so smoothly. It's not perfect, though. And that's where I think I have some gripes with it, some minor frustrations. And I talked with you previously about this, about the companions. I like the companions in this game. I think they're pretty good. I find them to be entertaining characters. Uh, There's four romance options in the game. That's pretty cool, too. But it gives you that, this game feels a lot, I'm going into another tangent, I'm sorry, but there's so many comparisons about like, oh, this game is No Man's Sky, or this game, why wasn't more like No Man's Sky? And that comes with a lot of the ship traversal stuff that we're going to get into. I would say this game is more like a Bethesda Elder Scrolls slash Fallout combined with Mass Effect. And that's a huge compliment <laughs> for me. Because I love... I, the, I adore the Mass Effect franchise. It's probably my favorite franchise of all time. Other than Metal Gear Solid. So that's a huge compliment for me here. Uh, but talking about the gripe I have with the companions, I just said all those great things, right? How smoothly your backgrounds kind of flow and how the dialogue options are pretty good and the characters are interesting. But the companions give this big talk about being morally gray. They're like, hey, we have a line. Don't go crazy, but we're not going to get mad at you if you steal the occasional thing or you cross a certain line. Just don't go too far. But if you're in the heat of battle and you steal something, you'll have a companion behind you go, hey, that's not yours. You shouldn't do that. It's pretty annoying how goody two shoes the companions are
0: (laughs) just because you want to be a jerk you want to steal stuff i
1: don't want to be a jerk look the thing is is i don't have my playthrough some people want to do the evil playthrough right somebody some people want to be the darth sidious the dark lord who's just killing everybody and going crazy and being a mercenary i don't I just want to play it fairly positive. I want to kind of be the goody, the not the goody two shoes, but like the good guy. But at the same time, I'm not gonna just do nothing when there's a med pack sitting right here that I desperately need. But there's that little red marker telling you you're gonna be stealing. Meanwhile, I'm in a pirate base killing a bunch of pirates. <laughs> but if I steal from those pirates, I'm actively killing, which my companion has no issue with. By the way, they will go. Hey, you shouldn't be doing that. That's a bit frustrating. It's like a it's one of the few times that it's like it's big talk from the characters and they don't back it up. It's like one of those things that Bethesda's like you can be whatever you want, but you can't in that instance. But that's one of the very few times I've ever felt that way in this game.
0: You know that's so strange because I've uh I've I've, I've stolen from some 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 scoundrels myself while me and my companion was going around just destroying all their shit. Um, I didn't get that problem with my companion. Like, the only time I, any of my companions disliked something from me is when I disagreed with one of their views. Uh, There's this part where you start to find some of the artifacts and a character starts questioning things. Like, oh man, should we be doing this? And yada yada. And all the other kids are like, "No, we should definitely be doing this." And they ask you, "What do you think?" I was on the guy. I was on. I was on. I was. I was optimistic. I was like, "Yeah, you know, what? I see where you're all coming from." But he's right. Like everything that's going down right now, these artifacts. Maybe we should calm down a little bit. And they're like, "No, you're wrong." And even the guy who brought up that we should be cautious was like, "Well, I mean, I don't want to bring anything between you guys. Like, what, what do you? What do you dislike about things? Like, I'm agreeing with you, man. Like, well, you should be like." <laughs> Thank you, thank you for agreeing with me, main protagonist. I'm glad somebody's on my side. No, he's just like, well, there's no need to. There's no need for everybody to be in between each other. Like, but dude, I'm on your side. What do you? Don't do that, man. You're making me feel bad about being on your side. That's so stupid. So that part I didn't really like. I understood why some of my companions didn't like that I said that. Yeah. But. Before that, before that option even happened, we talked about uh, I, I, we were talking about Earth and why we're no longer there and what happened to it and why it's basically uninhabitable. And I'm like, Yo, you guys, logic here? Okay, we have these artifacts. We know they're dangerous. We know there's something mysterious about them. You don't think maybe we should be cautious? Like our hubris is what destroyed Earth in the first place. Don't you think we should kind of learn from that? But no, they're just like, <laughs> this is for history and science. It's like, oh my goodness that makes absolutely no sense. So that part I do get from you, but I have stolen before and my companion did not care.
1: <laughs> yeah. Again, it's just one of those things that's, it doesn't fully take you out of this for the most part, smooth ride into, Hey, be the character you want to be. It's just a minor gripe to be like, all right, chill. Well, it's, down, it's, okay.
0: it's, 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 yeah. It's noticeable. Cause now you're questioning yeah. if you could take anything else that you want.
1: Yeah, it's noticeable, but then it goes away. And it's not like, just to clarify here, you're talking about like a dialogue option. And if you play the Bethesda game, any listeners, it it will come up saying, this person liked that. This person disliked that. Something like that. (laughs) And what I'm more talking about is just a character saying a piece of dialogue while I'm stealing something. So I don't think it affects the relationship between me and my companion there. To whereas I think in those dialogue options it does affect the relationship on whatever kind of scaling they have there. I don't think it does a lot. I think you'd have to have them probably actively dislike you in conversations. <laughs> for it that to basically happen. hate you. <laughs> yeah. But I think it that's more of an effect than me stealing an item and them nagging me about it.
0: Yeah, but still annoying.
1: But uh to talk about some of the more finer details of this game, let's talk about the gunplay and the combat. So good. Boy, oh boy, is it so good. Look, <laughs> this is not nah, it's Halo. So good. This is not a top tier FPS game. That said, you compare the gunplay and just the regular combat to Fallout 4. Oh my god, Starfield is so much better. It feels like a top-tier FPS game in comparison to Fallout 4. Uh, especially with some skills you're gonna unlock.
0: Yeah. Actually, I asked you about this uh during our last recording. i asked about this before, and <laughs> your your response was golden. Uh, but you're you're a destiny player. So would you compare uh Starfield Gunplay with uh, Bungie's uh, Destiny's Two gameplay.
1: Why are you doing this to me? Yeah, Because <laughs> I loved it so
0: much the last time, man. <laughs> well,
1: why? Why do we gotta repeat ourselves? Why do we have to repeat he, history? He, it's he, a bad memory for me with this question.
0: <laughs> <laughs> hey, man, you love this game so much. You love the combat. I do. But we also know we also know how much you love Destiny. Uh So just to put in comparison, you know, like. Like, how good is it? Like, would it? Would you put it up there with Destiny?
1: To answer your question, I'm going to answer this question earnestly. I shouldn't. I shouldn't give you the time of day on this question. <laughs> but I'm going to answer it earnestly. No. And it's blasphemy. not even close. Be- it's blasphemy. Because Destiny 2 is one of the best in terms of the gameplay being fun. That kind of feeling one of the best out there now granted the current state of destiny 2 is a topic of debate for sure but it's gunplay it's gameplay it's ridiculously fun and it doesn't at all like there's no way in hell that starfield measures up to destiny 2 it just no way in terms (laughs) of combat that being said It's really good in Starfield. It's really fun. It's very much improved from older Bethesda games. I do think that has to do with the... We didn't really talk about performance-wise a lot either. So uh, whenever you talk about the gunplay, how you felt about combat, feel free to talk about how the game ran. Because you played on PC, I played on Series X. Uh, Performance-wise, I think a lot of what we're talking about has... you got to give some credit to the creation engine too. The new engine. I don't think it's perfect. I do think the game looks way better than previous Bethesda games. This is a next-gen title, so that does make sense. For me, it ran pretty consistently, which I was not really expecting. So, performance-wise, a huge step up, just like the gunplay from previous Bethesda titles. Still had some visual and audio bugs here and there. Hopefully that gets hammered out, especially by the time Elder Scrolls Six comes out. But uh yeah, I'm I I'm was pretty impressed by the performance on Series X. What about you? How do you feel about the gameplay, the gunplay and the performance of this game? Uh
0: so I agree with you, it's not top tier uh first or even third person shooting, but it is really good. Like oh my goodness. Uh I don't know what they did that was so different between Fallout and Starfield. But the creator engine 2 that they're that they're using their updated uh upgraded engine feels so much better uh performance wise so i have a thirty a thirty sixty and an uh an intel i nine uh i believe tenth or twelfth gen uh and thirty two gigs of memory and i have a Two terabyte M.2 point uh, two SSD in my computer. Now I got it specifically for this game, uh, so that way I can load it up faster, uh, get fast downloads. Especially after the whole fast travel debacle, and uh, Bethesda games have always had pretty bad load times. So I was like, yeah, I gotta get an SSD to speed this whole stuff up, the whole the whole thing up. This game, you don't need a beefy. PC to play it. Uh, You can have pretty much a potato and you can play this game. And I, I like that. I'm glad that Bethesda went with the route that, Hey, performance over anything else, you know, um, I have an RTX card, so unfortunately it doesn't support DLSS yet. Uh, before we recorded this, I did see on Twitter directly from Starfield, directly from Bethesda that they are working on DLSS native, uh, support that they're working with Intel, NVIDIA, and AMD uh, for further support for uh, for updates, so that's cool. So we have to wait for that. So at the time of this recording, there's no DLSS support yet. Uh, I didn't use FSR and FSR 2, because again, I have, a, I have a, a RTX card and NVIDIA card, so I didn't get a chance to use that. Uh, but performance-wise, I'm running everything at the max settings. And it's it's running well, except for one part, and that's in the main city, the main hub with the lounge. Uh, you're definitely going to notice dips in there, whether you're on console. Well, I don't know about console, but uh, whether you're on a beefy PC or a potato, you're going to notice the uh, the dip there. Uh, and there's no fix around for that just yet. At least I don't think there is. I'm sure somebody will find it. Uh, the mod community will get there, which we'll talk about them later on. As uh, so for me personally, it's running very well uh at max settings with my uh with my pc how do you feel about the ship combat in this game i love the ship combat dogfighting in space is so fun it's not as fast and uh as fun as a star wars game on you but i'm sure it's because of the ship that i have and the ship that i have built uh, i'm sure i'm sure people out there have made smaller more agile ships than i have uh we've seen people build Star not Star stories, but uh X-Wings and Millennium Falcon. It's like, geez Louise, man, these people are so creative. Like <laughs> they 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 are they're already out here creating the craziest stuff. And that's what happens when you give uh gamers a chance to be creative. Uh so when it comes to combat, I love it. I I love that you have to like focus on your engines, your thrusters, you have to uh pay attention to your shields. And what weapon you, and what weapon you have, and then for your enemy ship, you know you can focus, uh, you can lock on and focus, which is this game's VAT system, um, where you can lock in on engines, thrusters, uh, w- certain weapons, the hull, or even their uh, shield generator, and it gives you a chance to be tactical with. It's like, oh man, I'm getting my butt kicked. I don't know why, and then you notice that this enemy ship has like this massive cannon well, you could, you could uh, order all of your weapons on that cannon to take it out so they can't use it against you anymore. And I was like, man, this is really cool. I'm so happy that I get to like pick and choose pieces and I get to uh, uh, strategize how I'm going to take my enemy out, if I'm going to destroy them or if I'm just going to take out the shields and their thrusters so that way I can board their ship and then have the most intense close-quarter combats I've ever seen.
1: Yeah, man, I'm right there with you. I, for me, too, I had a lot of issues with ship combat early on, but it's one of those things we talked about earlier, right? The more you play the game, you everything starts to finally click with you, and it started to click with me, and I started to upgrade my ship more, and I understood, like, okay. And part of the problem for me was I couldn't handle the bigger ship that's slower, And I was understanding why I was dying so much. I thought I was putting out enough damage. I wasn't. So by scaling down, by having this lighter, more mobile ship, I was just wrecking any enemy ship that I was coming across. And that was really fun. And once you get into it, once you actually get the ship you want and how you're comfortable playing with it, man, the combat's so much fun. And then once you start to upgrade some of your skills, in the piloting aspect. And you could target the enemy engine. And then you can also uh, target the enemy weapons as well. If they're really peppering you. And then you could board their ship. And take their stuff. And you could possibly just steal their ship too. If it's a high enough level and you think you can make some money off it. It's so much fun man. This game is so... like There's so many details of... Not graphically, like this isn't the best looking game that I've ever played. It's very beautiful. But it's not like the, uh, I'm trying to think of some of the best looking games of all time. It's not up there with those. So when I'm saying details, (laughs) I'm not saying like graphically. I'm saying the details as in, oh, there's another layer to this. that I didn't even know about of this entire mechanic. This could be the whole game. Like, I played one mission, and this is, uh, this is apart from ship combat now, but I played one faction mission, that by the end of it, I got a boatload of credits, and it was a really fun mission, and I was just like, man, that could have been the whole main story. <laughs> it's not like it was, it would have to be, you know, a little bit longer, but <laughs> at the same time, I was like, man, that was fun. That could have been the whole main story of the game, and I would have been perfectly fine. What do you mean I still have more faction missions left, and a whole main story to do, and other side quests? (laughs) You mean this game's not over? And that's what I'm talking about. And it's the same thing with the ship combat. Like, there's just layers to it there.
0: Yeah, there's a lot going on in this. Um, did Did you hear of someone who actually stole a space station?
1: That's fantastic. No. <laughs> yeah.
0: This person boarded the station, totally wrecked havoc, and then stole the space station. That's awesome. Dude. Ridiculous, man. Well,
1: getting into ship customization already, we already talked about it. You have some I don't want to say major gripes, I was probably minor frustrations. Yeah, yeah. I think that's the best way to minor. put it. Uh yeah. but for the most part, I think you and I are both kinda of on the same page. Ship customization is crazy. And some of the stuff people are making out there. I applaud you. You guys are awesome. All right,
0: man, it's ridiculous. Standing
1: ovation for all of you coming up with these crazy things. I have seen a Batwing. I've seen the X-wing. As like you were talking about, I've seen the Millennium Falcon, uh, the Razor Crest from Mandalorian. I have also seen, and I told you about this yesterday, the Magic School Bus. <laughs>
0: I still I can't believe that one. Like, there's no way somebody actually took the time to create Magic School Bus.
1: Oh man, you guys creating these ships! I I hope you leave diagrams for how to do it because I want to make some of this and I want to follow what exactly you did because they're they're. It's not just that, like, oh, they recreated the Magic School Bus. Oh, cool, cool. This
0: kind of like Lego. You can be like Lego guys for Yeah,
1: right? And it's not like, oh, cool, they made a bootleg version of the Magic School bus or an X-Wing. No, they're really good. And it seemed like they would actually be worth it in combat. Yeah.
0: Uh, hold on, man. Give me a sec. My pups.
1: Michael's dogs are very excited about Starfield. <laughs>
0: they hurt Legos. Like, oh, so, I want to build one, too. While
1: Michael has that situation and he tries to calm down his pups over there uh just to talk a little bit more about ship customization man there's so much you can do and what I really love about it too is every outpost has different parts you can buy so it doesn't feel like oh you go to one technician to change your ship and upgrade it you can you've been to them all and it's a one size fit all. No, some places have certain parts. You have to go to certain places and you'll figure it out. The only frustration I have with these ship technicians more so has to do with the vendors beside them. And having a limited amount of money you can get from those vendors. And it just feels like it's more so just a bitch to reset those timers more than anything. So that's my only gripe there.
0: Right. So, yeah, um, with the ships, yeah, I agree with you. I love how each, uh, each city that you go to, if they have a shipyard, you can find different pieces, uh, for your ship that you can't find in other places. Uh, when you go to the main city, the main city hub, yeah, you get some of your basic pieces that are like at first super expensive. Uh, but as you go through your journey, you start collecting credits, they are, they seem much, much cheaper. And you go to other places who have more premium pieces. You're like, oh no, that's actually expensive. And I, I love how each of them does, they have their own brand. Like, uh, they, they, they there's companies in this game.
1: It's very Borderlands like, right?
0: Yeah. They have, uh, they have, uh, each brand, uh, I mean, sorry, each piece. Has kind of like his own business brands. Like, it's really cool. Like, it, it makes it feel like this actual like economy in this world. And I don't know if there's, uh, I'm, I'm sure if you focus enough, you could find a brand that you like and you end up like developing brand loyalty <laughs> in the game. Uh, but <laughs> Man, for me, I can so see far,
1: that,
0: <laughs> yeah. Especially with the <laughs> but habs. So far, for me, right? it hasn't happened. With the what?
1: Especially with the habs, right? Because uh, the Habs, that's the basically the bulk of your ship. It's where your quarters oh, yeah, are yeah. going to be and all that stuff. So I feel like that's more so the aesthetic of your ship. So I feel like that's where people are going to be like, man, I love that aesthetic. No, I, I like this one more. Which, a complaint, I, I just figured out another minor complaint. See, that's the thing. This game, it, it's a, not a death by a thousand cuts in terms of... Like, oh, this is what brings it down, it's bad. No, it's a fantastic game. <laughs> it's just a game that is really good and great in some areas, but there's some minor things here and there that add up. It's like, man, if y'all can just optimize this, it's a 10 out of 10, at least for me. It, it's stuff like the vendor stuff I was talking about before. It's stuff like the Habs I just mentioned. You can't preview before you put them on your ship. So you have to put them on your ship, go into your ship to be like, Oh, you know what? I don't like this. So I'm going to go back to another one. And then it's stuff like you and I talked about this yesterday, Michael, the UI, the UI in this game is not great. It's very clear to it's me terrible. that the team was working on a lot of stuff. All right. The UI wasn't a focus. I understand it. They had a lot of stuff to work on, but UI is not, it's not good. <laughs>
0: No, it's actually one of the things that brings the game down for me. Uh, That's 7 out of 10. One of the things that brings it to a 7 is most definitely that UI. And I know a lot of people are probably like, oh, it's not that big of a deal. But hey, man, that's like half the experience right there in this game. Because you're going to be looking at those menus and going through those uh, interfaces a lot. Especially
1: when you're trying to customize your ship. When you're trying to buy new items. When you're trying to sell your junk. The initial start menu isn't that... It's pretty good. I think the initial start menu with, like, the four options. With The four options to start with. Anyways. Uh, I, I, that looks pretty good. I have no issues. And some of the menus, when you get into it, it's good. Like, whenever you get into your starship, right? Or whenever you get into the planets or your missions. All that's fine. I have no issues with the interface there. Well, for me, it's whenever I get to the inventory of what I have. And I have like digipicks, which are basically lot picks, right? You don't want to sell those off, but you can't lock them in place, and they're locked under misc, which is basically all the junk that you sell. So you'll find yourself sometimes just like, all right, quickly go into shit. I just sold, my- sold all my digipicks, that sucks. And then, my last, I- I'll throw it to you in a second, is the ammo. Ooh. The easiest way to figure out from my experience. To figure out, like, hey, here's the weapons you want to use, and what ammo to buy, because ammo's pretty scarce in this game, from my experience, which I actually like. I like how ammo is pretty scarce. You have to pick it up and buy it, which I, again, much like. But the problem with it is you have to favorite the weapons that you plan to buy ammo for beforehand, because if not, you find yourself going, shit, I have so many weapons, and there's so much ammo to buy. Which ones was it again?
0: Okay, see, my issue is slightly different from yours. Like, okay, yeah, I get it. Ammo scarce, space, uh, all that cool stuff. Uh, You get to pick up plenty from dudes you kill off, but my thing isn't that ammo is scarce because I found ammo plenty for certain weapons. Uh, My problem is that how fast you run through them. Oh my goodness. Uh, oh, what's what's what, what was our favorite weapon that we love to complain about?
1: Oh yeah, what we were talking about yeah the maelstrom. Okay, nice. I, I see where you're Man. going. So where Michael's going with this is that the <laughs> that lower tier items that you can get a lot of ammo for, like the maelstrom, that yeah they have a high rate of fire and everything. It's a machine gun, but they don't do a whole lot of damage. So when you're going against a high level enemy. With that weapon, sure you'll kill them, and you have a ton of ammo for it. But okay. it's gonna take a hot minute.
0: Yeah, compared man. to
1: the awesome pistol you found and you want to use, but you're sitting there going, "Shit, I only have 50 rounds." I want to. If save you're that. lucky enough to have that, yeah. you want to <laughs> save those rounds for something special when you know you need it. So you're finding yourself sometimes using inferior weapons. Whenever now it's not all the time. It's not like oh man the, it suffers in the gunplay department. It's just sometimes in some situations you find yourself like fuck I can't believe I have to use the maelstrom here or another terrible yeah. weapon. You're like all right. I know when I go to the next outpost I'm am buying ammo. So it's again it's minor it's minor gripes just adding up and that's the worst yeah. thing about the game is just like damn if y'all just I, I know. They polished this game as much as they could, but it's just a few things that just add up to each other. And it's like, it's what's holding it back from being that perfect game to me. Yeah,
0: see, that's the thing though. Like, they have so many awesome weapons here, and then like you're not going to complain about the Maelstrom because that's like, that's like the thing you get stuck with for a long time, even though know, you have all these cooler weapons. Uh, the Coach? Oh my goodness, man. Those, shot, those Coach shotguns are so awesome.
1: I hate shotguns.
0: <laughs> man, the shotgun here is them. awesome. They're, yeah, there there are only two shots, mind you. Uh, the the coach is only uh, is a is a, a dual barrel shotgun. But man, getting in close, you can do some major damage. But yeah, the ammo for that thing is scarce. And then there's uh rifle ammunition. I had I finally found a cool maelstrom that actually did damage. Problem is. Um, it was tooled to where it only shot one at a time. So it wasn't a machine gun anymore. It was just like it was a single shot rifle. It's like, well, I have a rifle. Why would you take the machine gun and turn it into a rifle? Like let me let, let, let me turn let me take this machine gun and shoot it like it's a rifle. But no. Instead it's I mean, let me let me take the rifle and shoot it like a machine gun. Like no. Instead it's your machine gun is gonna become a rifle and it's gonna have a slow rate of fire. But do plenty of damage. So I was like, "Gosh darn it!" And I ended up using that maelstrom a lot more. But then you get surrounded, and you don't have time to use a machine gun that shoots like a rifle. So you switch back to the maelstrom, so you can get shots out and uh, suppress enemies. Uh and yeah, like there's so many cool weapons here. I have this really cool pistol that only shoots six shots. And if you get a crit, a critical shot, you could set you can set people on fire. It's like, man, I love this pistol.
1: That's really fun.
0: Yeah, but I can't find ammo for it. Yeah, It's like, gosh, darn it. Let me, let me have ammo for the fun weapons. I don't want to use the maelstrom anymore. Let me use the pistol. Let me use the coach. You know, Let me use the fun weapons.
1: I find the AI in this game to be pretty good. Enemy AI, the companion AI like for it. the most part to be pretty good too. We're about, we're about to talk about We'll dive into it here in a second. But you were talking about setting enemies on fire. I have sometimes killed enemies so fast with a weapon like that they'll have like an effect to whereas I killed in two enemies with the same thing crit lit them on fire and they died keep in mind this is an unsuppressed weapon but I killed them so fast other enemies didn't even know what happened and they carried on with their day and I was just like alright feel like that was more of a bug there fun. but that's kind of funny I'll give, them, I'll give them a pass that one time but uh yeah, the AI for the most part is pretty good. The enemy AI, the companion AI in stealth or liability in combat, they have saved my life a few times when I've had a sliver of health. So I cannot really complain there. How'd you feel about the AI?
0: The AI is hit and miss. Uh with the enemies, it's pretty awesome. <clears throat> Sorry, with the enemies it's pretty awesome. You know, they they get shot up and they're like, Oh no, screw this. And they'll run for uh, cover. And it's not even like, oh, no, my health is low, I should get cover. No, there were times where they would attack me. And as soon as I get a headshot, one guy would just run off like, yeah, no, I'm good. And they'll they'll run off and hide or they'll run off. And uh, I've seen them run into buildings to get away from me. And unlike in other Bethesda games where they just disappear, uh, they will actually open the door and they'll have to wait for the door to open. And then go inside. I'm like, oh, that's so cool. Like, I, I, it's those little touches that I really love. And there are other times where some enemies are like, screw it, I'm gonna die. I'm gonna pull out this knife and I'm just gonna come bum rush you. It's like, wow, you're desperate. Good for you. Pistol to the face. And I had one enemy. Um, when I was a t- when I was fighting them, they were getting low on health, so they got into cover, and they threw a grenade at me and as I ran off from the grenade I see him tail it away from his uh tail tail away from his his cover and literally go beyond the mountains to try to get away from me I was like man I feel kind of bad I have to hunt you down now and I just hunted him down until I killed him he would run off and then when he noticed I was following him he would fire shots and keep trying to run It's like this is pretty cool and then my companion Sometimes I forget I have them with me because they go unnoticed until, like, like the last minute as if I'm dying.
1: <laughs> it's like Dead to White Shirt, Jeff. Yeah. <laughs> where, like, Angelo pops up beside him and you're like, fuck.
0: Yeah, yeah oh, yeah, it's like, oh, I didn't know you were there. Yeah, I would have to hide as I try to recover, uh, try to use health packs to recover. And then out of nowhere, I see my companion, like, run up and ramble that shit. And I'm like, wait, where were you this whole time? Cause there's no way you were firing behind me. Cause there's only two people. So yeah, like it's the companion AI is kind of strange. It's as if there is as if they're programmed to let the player do everything until the player stops. Uh, like like when you're trying to recover health, and then all of a sudden you can do something. I don't know if that's the way it's coded, or if that's just what's happening to me. But yeah, I I, I sometimes I don't notice my companion until I'm in desperate need and trying to recover health.
1: Well, to play the comparison game again, I mean, you look at the earlier Fallouts and Elder Scrolls, right? And again, I can only talk about Fallout 3, New Vegas, and Fallout 4, and Skyrim. You can talk about a few more, because what's your experience with Elder Scrolls? I know your experience with Fallout.
0: Uh, Yeah, I started with Morrowind. Uh...
1: So Morrowind, Oblivion, and Skyrim?
0: Yeah. Okay. You know, some people, some people, you know, they, they, they've they been playing uh, uh, Elder Scrolls, Elder Scrolls 2, and all those DLCs and uh, expansions. I didn't get into Elder Scrolls until uh, Elder Scrolls 3 Morrowind came out, and I thought it was kind of cool, but Oblivion was my, Oblivion was my favorite Fallout.
1: You made Elder Scrolls?
0: I mean, for Yeah, what a fan my, you it's are! My favorite <laughs> Elder Scrolls. right? I
1: don't even remember them,
0: <laughs> uh, but yeah, it, but uh, yeah, Oblivion is my favorite Elder Scrolls. Yeah, and there's actually something that you and I were talking about before. Uh, that Phil said that this game is more uh, Oblivion than it is uh, Skyrim, and I agree with him. It definitely feels a lot, a lot better. It feels a lot more focused. Yeah. Uh, oblivion was objective-based focus because the main objectives was shutting down the Oblivion gates uh, while also doing the side missions, and everything felt laser-focused on that. And then when you got to Skyrim, it felt like they doubled down on exploration and side missions. Uh, and But with this game, it really did feel like they went back to focusing laser on the story, on the missions, and letting the player uh, do their thing through the missions while also keeping their roots and opening things up
1: and letting you explore. so that's pretty It cool. sounds like a mix of both, to be honest with you. It, it does.
0: It, it feels like they went back to what made Oblivion so great, but also what makes Skyrim so fun for people.
1: Yeah. I think that's a great... That's a great... I think that's... Wait. <laughs> <laughs> that's how you know we talked about this game so much. Yeah, and I think that's what makes it a great game, too. And why I want to compare the game more to the Elder Scrolls games, but I just don't have the experience with it. So I can only look at really the Fallout games instead. Um, and the whole reason I brought this up is, do you agree with me here in saying that the companion AI is much improved from previous Bethesda games? Cause I do oh, think absolutely. Okay. Yeah. Don't yeah, get me absolutely. wrong. It's still not, I think, where it should be. Final product. You know what I mean? And maybe Mm. they can improve it in this game, or worst case, with ES6, Elder Scrolls Six. Maybe that's where it gets fully optimized. Either way, this is a huge step in the right direction. And by huge step in the right direction, we're not doing a review on Madden, so it's not like we're just saying this every single time a Bethesda game comes out. (laughs) We actually mean it when we say huge step in the right direction. So it's a huge step in the right direction for companion AI, I think. Uh, It's an improvement for me, especially. uh, But let's get into it, man. We've been holding off on it. There's a controversial part of this game, Michael. (laughs) You know where I'm going. (laughs) We're going to talk about how you traverse in Starfield. So there's been some talk about how you can fast travel and going through the menus and the loading screens. And some people wanted the No Man's Sky experience of the freedom to go land on a planet, take off from a planet, go into orbit, and go anywhere you want. Having that total freedom, right? Um, first off, let's just have a baseline here. Where were you in this debate here? Did you want a little bit of restriction like we got in Starfield? Or were you one of those people that were like, yeah, give me the freedom of like No Man's Sky?
0: I did not want the No Man's Sky treatment. I was so happy when uh when they when they came out, it was like, yeah, you could travel around in space, but there's also fast travel menus. Uh you open up the menu here, you do this, you do that. It's like good. That 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 feels way more focused. Um, because it gives the team a chance to to uh hand create planets and you land in specific areas, or you could land in a randomly generated area. Uh which I'm always okay with, I did not want to do that whole get in your ship, power things up, take lift off, spend time going out. and. All right, hold it, Let me stop you here because this is, this is
1: this where I was going. <laughs> so I think in terms of stylistically, it depends on the player, right? I think everybody's going to yeah. have a different opinion on, nah, man, I wanted the no man's guy. I just want the freedom of being able to do that. And I feel like Starfield restricts you and that's completely valid and fair if you think not that, to me yeah not that's why I asked you straight I was just curious where <laughs> you landed on it uh, but if you want to dock points yourself for because you wanted that No Man's Sky experience 100% like I get you for me I'm kind of with Michael though I, I think stylistically as somebody who loves No Man's Sky you can attest to this Michael I won't shut the fuck up about it anytime we talk about a gaming <laughs> comeback. <laughs> I love it. I love the freedom of being able to go from planet to planet, but there was one, there was a few complaints I've seen on Reddit about, Oh man, it just takes too long compared. And they were wanting to, the no man's Sky experience basically. And that's the part that I'm like, nah, that's stylistically uh, uh, fair, but saying that it would be shorter to have the freedom to go anywhere is bs because in no man's sky and what i interrupted you there if you wanted to go from let's just say one planet to another planet which you in the same system you had to go to your ship now granted you can call your ship to a certain part of the planet and then get into your ship but you have to get into your ship there is fuel for not only your ship once you get into orbit But to take off. So you have to make sure you get enough fuel to take off first. And then for your hyperdrive whenever you leave the galaxy. Uh, So once you lift off and you have the fuel, then you have to go into orbit. Which takes a second. Then you got to figure out where you want to go. And if that planet is in the same system, but on the other side of the system, it's going to take a hot minute to get there. Because then you got to basically hyperdrive over there. So it's going to take the time. Then you got to enter that atmosphere, find where you want to land, land, and then exit. I'm not even, I'm being generous by saying a planet in the same system. If you wanted to go to a planet in another system, you have to pull out a menu just like you would with Starfield. By the way, both of the star maps look a little similar to me and I don't like the design. of <laughs> um, I will say, I think Starfield is better. I think it is all right, to I dislike fully No Man's Sky star map system. But I digress here. Then in No Man's Sky, you would select the place you want to go. You'll travel there. And then it just, it, it takes a lot of time, basically, from getting to place to place. To where Starfield, let's say your mission is to go back to New Atlantis. That's where you gotta go. And that's where you wanna go. Cool. Let me go to the mission. Let me press X on it. Oh, I can just fast travel. From, wait, I'm not even in the ship. Oh, okay, that's cool. And it's stuff like that. Yeah. It feels like, yeah, it's restricted, but I think there's enough freedom there. Especially once you're out in the space. Like, You can use the scanner and then fast travel from in space. And the only thing you're missing out on is entering the atmosphere. That's really like you are yeah. still seeing you land, but you're just cutting out the middleman there.
0: Yeah, and I think that's why I like this is a lot better because mm-hmm. it does feel like it respects my time. Because uh, like, yeah, we know you want to just get to the next planet. We know you just want to probably get into space and probably uh, fly around a little hellish ship or something. But we know the main mission is to uh, land on the planet, explore planet. We know that's what you want to do, so that's, we're, we're going to cut out the rest of the nonsense. We're going to cut the fat, and we're just going to get you right there. And uh, like you said, that's, one, that's, the, that's the main thing I love about their fast travel, is that I don't have to be at my ship or anywhere near it to do the fast travel. Uh, as long as I'm outside, away from certain areas, and I can just fast travel to whatever planet I'm trying to go to. And I'd rather have that.
1: Yeah, and just to play devil's advocate here, just to have the other side of the coin some people i feel like that breaks the immersion whenever you're going through the menus and you're not landing and it's it just takes you out of the game so that's fair and so if you're one of those people that stylistically it, you're kind of put off by going through menus or going through your scanner and fast traveling places you might not care for the traversal of this game but do keep in mind the loading screens this is a next-gen title so it's PC, Xbox Series X, and Xbox Series S. We can't say anything for the Series S, sadly, uh, because...
0: Right, the mo- well, the most I can say for the Series S uh, is uh, I watched the Digital Foundry uh, video on how it ran, and they said it ran just fine. Like, it ran just as mm-hmm. well as the Series X version, uh, albeit, you know, with a lower resolution and whatnot, but it still it still ran at the 30 frames with uh, the main city hub.
1: Did they say anything about load times? I don't remember, to be honest. Okay. Because load times is what I'm mostly referring to here. Because for me, it's seconds on the Series X. I assume it's the same for you on PC. So load times aren't really a problem in Starfield. Maybe it is for the Notice. Series S, maybe not. I Again, we can't fully speak to that, but it seems like it runs pretty well on the Series S, which, by the way, just to talk about the Series S here, that's an accomplishment, because the Series S has been taking it on the shins the past few weeks. <laughs> yeah. So, I think it just, to talk about the traversal and to wrap this up in a bow here, it just depends where you, the player, feel, where you land stylistically with it if you feel like it's gonna break the immersion of how you're playing and you don't want to go through the load screens or you don't want to even pull up a scanner and then fast travel from orbit to a planet then yeah you might not care for the traversal but if you feel like yeah i don't care for the no man's sky system and this more i i compared to the mass effect earlier right i think that's more it's a more appropriate comparison of how you get from destination to destination. It's more like the Mass Effect games than No Man's Sky. So if you feel like that's good in Mass Effect, you'll probably like it. That's the best way I think I All can right. put it here. Um, hopefully it makes sense.
0: <laughs> yeah, although the, one of the complaints with Traversal, I would have no land vehicles. I will complain about that.
1: Yeah, when Todd Howard talked about it too, he was like, yeah, you got the jet pack and you could sprint. Granted, yeah, it's cool how you can sprint while encumbered. That said, you will start to lose health after a while while sprinting while over encumbered. <laughs> but at the same time, man, I agree with you. It's one of those things that if you added land vehicles to the game, it would have been a massive quality of life feature.
0: Yeah, uh, mostly because I'm sorry. I know people are like, well, I like i like to run around like that. It'll break it. Like, no, it wouldn't. It'll give people like me again. Respect my time, because uh, I want to get to the next thing. It give people like me an option to just be like, okay, I don't want to scan everything right now. I kind of want to get to the next mission, and you know, do that or drive around and just have fun land, with the. Uh, land, I want to say Land Rover so bad because like we have that in modern times, like. Well, yeah, shouldn't we have that now like shouldn't we have that in the game so i i do hope they do add that in the future uh because honestly i kind of want to like jump off rocks and stuff while i'm in the rover <laughs> just just for the heck of it uh but yeah it's not detrimental to the game but i do
1: wish it was in the game i want to talk about the aesthetics of starfield i want to talk about the score too I love the aesthetic and the score of this game. It reminds me of Alien and how I felt watching... I watched Alien for the first time last year. uh, How I felt watching that movie for the first time and being like, man, I'm really digging the look of this movie. It's not super futuristic. It feels like it's somehow realistic. (laughs) You know? Because it... it Everything in the game—it looks
0: like something that we could make now. Yeah, like it, it looks like something we can build to this in, the, to, in this day and time. Uh, it looks like modern times. Like, okay, if we went to space right now, if people can go into space right now, this is how it would probably look. Uh, Starfield has that same look to where, yeah, it's futuristic, but it looks like a possible future. It was like it looks plausible. It looks like something that we can do right now if we really wanted to, uh, compared to something like Mass Effect in the Relays. Uh and and some of the uh, tech that they have, it's like, okay, yeah, this is sci fi future. Uh while mean meanwhile, Starfield feels more modern, real world future, with some sci-fi put into it due to certain things that uh we won't spoil.
1: Yeah. I was gonna use like the Avengers movies even as an example here. Cause there's nothing <laughs> wrong with like the super futuristic feel. But you'll watch an Avengers movie, especially the later ones, and you'll see Iron Man with the nanotech suits and all that. There's nothing. Well, there's. I have a problem with the nanotech suits for all the heroes nowadays. But there's nothing wrong with the super futuristic look generally. There's just something also really cool about this, like, old school retro kind of feel. And what, like, comparison just to stick with the movie stuff that's not alien. It also kind of reminds me of something like Interstellar. Really, I get the kind of Interstellar vibes exploring the world sometimes.
0: Hmm. Uh, I haven't, haven't I haven't, fin- I haven't seen uh, Interstellar. I know. Oh, Elf, you need though, to see Interstellar. So it's
1: it's amazing. I know
0: people keep saying that. People keep saying that. I also, I haven't seen Gravity, which I also really wanted to uh to see. I don't know why I haven't sat down and watched those two yet.
1: I'm going to be ignorant. I haven't seen Gravity, but watch Interstellar first. That's okay. amazing. <laughs> <laughs> watch
0: it. At least i watched this one. Watch this one first because I've actually yeah. seen it. But uh, yeah, Interstellar. Yeah, and right. hey, I said and I was going to be ignorant. Here. <laughs> okay. Right, just because you didn't see
1: it doesn't make you ignorant.
0: At least you were like, oh, no, screw the movie I haven't seen yet. Just watch this
1: one. That's basically what I did. Uh, <laughs> but, but also to talk uh, about but, the score, though. Oh, man. It's so Man, the music beautiful. is awesome. It's beautiful like for the most part the score lends itself to what you're doing in the game like there was i know what the mission is ultimately i'm not gonna spoil it but there's a ship you can find out in the starfield and when you hail it it'll just start to have like static and eerie noises coming from it and you could be like hey come in it won't respond. So it's wanting you to dock and it's a new side mission to do or something. And, um, the whole time, some eerie music will start to play. And all of a sudden in my head, I start to go, Oh shit. Why do I feel like I'm at the beginning of an alien movie? Right now? <laughs> why is this getting really creepy all of a sudden? And it's, and then you, on the other side, whenever you're finding one of these artifacts, the music that plays is just this feeling of wonder that you are like a true explorer in this world. Like it has that feeling in the music. Like it is very well done.
0: Yeah. uh, I really love the music, especially the takeoff music. (laughs) I don't know why every time I take off and that short melody plays, I'm just like, that sounds like something you take off to like, it sounds epic and short at the same time, but it's not overbearing. It's like, my goodness, the music, especially the music when you're in combat. Oh, I absolutely love that. And there are times where there's action going on and the music won't play. And I thought it was a glitch at first, but it's like, no, it, it fits the moment. Because it's supposed to be like this eerie kind of thing going on. So it's like no music. And then as, as time goes on and as you get into a battle, the music starts to swell up. And then after you're done, it'll just calmly uh, swell back down. I'm just like, my goodness. Everything in this game, they've just took their time with. Like They put passion behind every aspect of this.
1: Yeah, I fully agree. We talked about, <laughs> we kind of were, I don't want to say arguing earlier, but we were debating about, like, oh, man, game of the year contender. is Like, is this up there with Tears of Kingdom and Baldur's Gate 3? I think the more important question is who takes home best score this year? Dude. that's a tough one like i think oh. like best game of the year yeah sure that's a debate that's what everybody's gonna be talking about who takes home best score
0: mm. you know I, I i still think we gotta wait a little bit spider-man two sets come oh, out
1: dude i Spider-Man. forget dude yeah. that's the that's the <laughs> sad part man we're sitting here going like oh man it's i know you're not as high on starfield as i am here but for me it is like I I haven't played Tears of the Kingdom. I haven't played Baldur's Gate 3. But I know what the hype is around it. To me, it is Baldur's Gate 3, Tears of the Kingdom, and Starfield. What I forgot is there's another game coming out next month <laughs> called Marvel's <laughs> Spider-Man 2. And that's not it. I just talked about score. Guess what else is coming out next month? That's a bit of a horror title that you know is going to have a crazy awesome score behind it. Alan Wake 2. Is Alan Wake 2 going to creep up as a game of the year? This year is stacked. I know a few weeks ago I said gaming in 2023 is a love-hate relationship. Sure, NBA 2K24 might have some very, very, very shitty microtransactions and scummy practices. (laughs) I know Madden sucked this year, as it does every year. I know that live service might be ruining gaming as it stands right now and nobody can do a live service game right and it really aggravates me. But man, when you look at the gaming industry when it comes to these top tier games that come out this year, we're eating. We're eating good.
0: Yeah, I think I think I, I think the industry is finally recovering from uh COVID.
1: The Pandesy. And <laughs> Tristan yeah. Tristan got me calling the pandemic the Pandesy. The <laughs> i'll be doing it real life somebody like yeah back in the pandemic oh you mean the easy
0: The, the pandezy uh yeah um a lot of games got pushed back after that one uh, a lot of stuff got delayed horribly canceled uh and i think finally finally we're starting to see those games that probably came out a year or so ago finally hitting and sadly they're all coming out around the same time it's like oh man at first we we're like "That's not enough now there's like too much happening <laughs> and 2024 looks like it's going to be just as big uh and a little bit of 2025 is looking promising too so yeah man uh we're finally recovering and this is what we get we get stacked months and stacked quarters and like you said the next month alone oh my gosh we can't even talk about game of the year
1: i know <laughs> I wanted to bring up game of the year again. I know I said that the thing about score, but at the end of the show, I was going to be like, hey man, do you think it legitimately, we had a long conversation about the game at the beginning of the show, you seemed pretty hesitant to be like, yeah, it, at most it sounded like you had a very outside shot of Starfield being considered like the game of the year. But I was going to ask at the end of the show, like, hey, has those thoughts changed, that's irrelevant. Until Marvel Spider Man 2 comes out and Alan Waite 2 as well. Like, all this conversation yeah, about like what the top of the food chain is of 2023, we're not done yet. <laughs> we're not there yet. <laughs> like, we're not even, we shouldn't even be having this debate right now.
0: Yeah, we still have like two months of uh, Game of the Year continuing. Well, I forgot when the uh, cutoff date is. I think it's October.
1: What if Marvel Spider Man 2 comes out? And just absolutely smacks all of these games in the face. And it's just legitimately game of the year.
0: I'm sorry, but I don't think Spider-Man 2, no matter how good it is, I love Exomniac. You guys know how much I love Exomniac. Uh, you guys know how much I love Naughty Dog and Santa Monica and all these yeah. other Sony studios. But yeah, I don't I'm sorry, but <laughs> I don't I, I I think after Starfield and Breath of the Wild. Uh, I hate to say it, but I don't think Spidey... He's going to be a contender, but I don't think Spidey's going to take anything. I don't think he's going to win it.
1: Well, you know for sure, Baldur's Gate 3, Tears of the Kingdom, and Starfield are going to be in the nominees. The question is, is can Marvel Spider-Man 2 jump in and steal some of their thunder? And can Alan Wake 2 come in at the last second and get some sleeper votes? You know? I think those are some interesting questions to ask because you're right. Like as much as I love Spider-Man, you go back to 2018, which I can, I said at the beginning of this thing, right? I consider that to be one of the best years in gaming history when it comes to top tier games. It was clear. Marvel's Spider-Man was third in the list there. (laughs) It was God of War and Red Dead Redemption 2. Those were the two top dogs and you had Marvel Spider-Man and then you also had Celeste as the dark horse
0: yeah, those unfortunately, you know, it's going to be the same this year. <laughs> I'm sorry, Spidey. But man, if you came out last year,
1: last year you had what Elden Ring and God of War?
0: Elden Ring, yep. Elden Ring, God of War. Those were those were those were always going to be the two big games. Yeah. Uh and unfortunately this year unfortunately I think Alan Wake 2 is going to be slept on at the award ceremonies. I I I I, I don't know uh music-wise, I don't know how that's going to be. Uh, it'll probably, it's probably gonna make for a great story because uh, Remedy makes some great stories. They make great stuff. But unfortunately, Remedy is one of those studios that I feel are
1: underrated. I agree. I always find them to be very creative. Especially with the way they try to change the mold of a video game. They seem mm-hmm. so into the television format and wanting to find ways to bring TV to gaming. And I don't yeah. think that they've fully hit it out of the park yet, but they're right there. And I get what they're trying to do, and I'm just waiting for that home run they hit with that format. And I think they're just going to crush it. Everybody's going to be talking about how crazy creative and how awesome Remedy are, and they're going to get the flowers they deserve. But you know what, man? Enough talking about game of the year. Enough talking about other games that are not Starfield. We can't be spending <laughs> too much. This is a long podcast already for us. And this is a big ass game to cover. So uh it is. I think we covered pretty much all the big stuff. We try not to spoil any major quest or a lot of the I Sonic think we did quests. a good job of that. Yeah, I think we did a really good job. I will say, it, just this is to talk about like how fun the game is sometimes. Some of the encounters you'll have with random people are just awesome. Just hilarious. You can be in the soul system, you'll hail somebody to talk to them, and the person will be like, hey, do you know the way to Uranus? And if you say yes, I'll be like, you should. It's right behind you. And then they just take off. And it's, it's <laughs> stuff like that is just like so juvenile, but you can't help but smile at it. And you can tell like, yeah, Bethesda, like we said earlier, they put everything they had into this. They wanted this to be the next Fallout, the next Elder Scrolls. And I think they succeeded easily. Because uh, just to reiterate my rating here, I think this is a 9 out of 10. I think it is, just to go back one last time, a game of the year worthy contender. Whether or not it wins is a whole different subject. Because as we just discussed, it's got some competition. And it's a strong, strong bit of competition this year. So we'll see. And I think it's going to be interesting to see at the end of the year. Uh But do you have any final thoughts on Starfield? Anything that we didn't talk about that you wanted to talk about here?
0: Uh, to be honest, no, I think we did a pretty good job of covering uh, everything that we liked and disliked about it uh so yeah, i'm I'm just waiting to see how the new game plus treats me uh and then I will have like a final final score for it. But for me, I am comfortable with calling the seven out of ten game is is good. And I can't wait to see what updates they bring to the game. And they already said this is a game that they're going to work on for years and years. So this is just the beginning. Uh, they're going to keep adding in stuff. They're going to keep looking at feedback. And, you know, that's one thing that they do well, that does does well. They do support their games. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah. No, I really enjoyed uh, my time with Starfield and I can't wait to get back into it while I'm working on other stuff. So unfortunately, I can't just like run through it like I want to. Uh but yeah man, I'm enjoying this so far. I'm loving it. Uh I'm glad you enjoy it. I think you enjoy it a little more than I do. Uh but man, I can't wait until I finish my, my uh first playthrough so we can compare mm-hmm. how how uh how our how our uh run went through before we start a new game plus.
1: I guess the closing thing I'll say is that's what I find also very intriguing too. Is I feel like by the time both of us get to the end of our playthroughs, there's a chance that I missed a few side missions. That you might have gotten. That your playthrough might have had a completely different ending than I did. So I'm going to be very interested myself to compare whenever we both get to the end of our playthroughs. And be like, damn, I didn't even... Wait, what did you find? I didn't even find... Okay, I'm finding that new game plus. I'm going down that route. And vice versa there. So that's something I think is a strong positive in Starfield's corner is the game is so replayable.
0: Yeah, I agree.
1: I think we both, just to close out here, would recommend Starfield. And also the game's on Game Pass. So you don't even have to buy it if you have Game Pass. And considering that this has been absolute win for Xbox here, a console seller and how popular it is on Game Pass, yeah, it's worth trying. For sure. Uh, let's get out of here, though, Michael. We don't have time to talk right. about what we're playing. We don't have time to talk about what we're working on. So why don't you just <laughs> tell the people where they could find you?
0: You can find me on Twitter, or X, as it's now called, at M underscore M-O-S-L-E-Y underscore J-R. You can also find me on Twitch at FoxDaddy, that's F-0-X-D-A-D-D-Y. And about you, Taylor? We know you don't like the socials too much. Uh, how, where, where can we find you?
1: I just have a question. What's up, When are we going to stop doing the whole Twitter or X thing?
0: <laughs> well, because some people like Twitter. Some people don't mind moving on to X. Me, I'm in between. I don't care either way. It's a branding thing. Uh, so I just say Twitter slash X.
1: It feels like we're in an in-between right now. This feels like the whole next-gen, last-gen thing, where nobody yeah. knows what to call it. And everybody's like, Twitter or X. And yeah. it somehow feels tongue-in-cheek for both, and I don't really get it. I don't know, man. It's... Yeah, I'm not a fan of the socials, all right? You can find me in our Discord, the link for which is in the description <laughs> of this episode. Tell us how you're feeling about Starfield, If you're enjoying it, if it didn't click with you, um, if it didn't click with you and you got through this whole podcast, I'm sorry, because you probably didn't enjoy this review. (laughs) Because we kind of talked about a lot of its positives for the majority of it. Um, But let's go ahead and get out of here. Let's wrap it up, man. I want to thank Michael for joining me. I want to thank anyone for listening in. We will be back next week with a brand new episode.